I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We have a tragedy like the one we just experienced in Uvalde, Texas. There are often loud, even shrill calls for pillow. For politicians to don't just stand there, do something. That's always the headline. But what if the better course was to not do something and stand there and think different? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Really pleased to have joining us on the program today, J.D. Tuchilli, who's a contributing editor at Reason, has a great piece at Reason.com. And uh, J.D. One, thanks for joining us today. And uh, your your headline really captured our attention today uh, because we've seen it so many times over and over and over again. And the question is, is it too much to ask that politicians know what they're talking about? Uh, and it's so easy. There's that rush to judgment. There's that instant hot take that we have to have. Uh, tell us how you've seen that playing out uh, recently, and then we'll look at uh, how do we actually get past that. Well, absolutely. My initial reaction was to New York Governor Kathy Hochul's uh, hot take about uh, online hate speech and about how she's all for the First Amendment, but uh, hate speech isn't protected and we shouldn't be out there uh, you know, shielding it from a regulation, which is exactly wrong, of course. I mean, in the U.S., um, hate speech is absolutely protected under the First Amendment. Her example of you can't yell uh, fire in a crowded movie theater is exactly wrong. That was bad law when it was passed and was overruled decades ago. And it, it was, she was just wrong across the board as a lawyer, as, as an elected official on a key individual right. Now, of course, today we've got horrendous news. Um, we've got you know the school shooting in, in Ovalde, Texas. And these most, you know, emotional events, these headline grabbers, kind of serve as ground zero for some of the worst reactions from politicians because they are so horrifying, because they are so catalyzing. Uh, they tend to drive very bad policy takes, things that could actually threaten our liberty, uh, because if you want to pass a law, what you're saying is that you want the police involved. You're threatening um, prison and the use of force against those who would break whatever law it is that you want to impose. And very often, I mean, gun, the gun issue is a very good one. Politicians honestly have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to firearms. So we can react you know, to a horrendous news, a crime. But when you've got, and the example I used in my piece was uh, former Representative Carolyn McCarthy from New York, 
who wanted to ban so-called assault weapons. And when she was asked, okay, one of the features you want to ban is the barrel shroud. What's barrel shroud? And she hemmed and hawed, admitted she didn't know what it was, and then guessed it's the shoulder thing that goes up. No, it's not. But if you're going to threaten people with arrest, you probably ought to know what you're talking about. And then, of course, we've got, um, you know, we've got proposals for price controls in New York over the baby formula issue. Again, heartrending. Families can't find baby formula for the children. But if you really want to guarantee that a shortage drags on, cap the price. Because price is the signal to bring more into an area where it's in shortage to produce more. It brings in marginal producers. Now, admittedly, this is a distorted market because the government has so terribly regulated uh, the production of baby formula in this country. But again, that's bad policy. And when politicians don't know what they're talking about, they don't understand economics, or they don't understand the effect of restrictions, or they don't understand First Amendment law, they do. They propose stupid ideas. We end up being ruled by idiots who have no idea what they're talking about. Oh, so many thoughts on that, J.D. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think one of the things that is so hard for politicians today, uh, they are all looking for their social media hit, their click, whatever they can put in their next campaign ad or raise some campaign cash on. Uh, and the other thing that they just don't seem to be able to grasp is just this idea of restraint, uh, that restraint really does work. And, and it's almost that, especially when there's uh, something big that comes up, the natural response in, in Washington is always, you know, when your mom used to say, don't stand there, do something. And so they just do something. And as, as you've described, they often do things that are, make the problem worse. Uh, and so I think we need to maybe adopt a, a new procedure in Washington, and that is uh, don't do something, stand there for a minute <laughs> and just think I, and I fully agree. Uh, you know, hard cases, hard, you know, hard situations make bad law. And the fact is what government should do in most situations is exactly nothing because it's not in a good situation um, to respond, to understand the situation, to respect the preferences and values of millions and billions of, of myriad individuals. Um, very often what government should do is nothing. But unfortunately, there's a huge impetus, uh, especially in democracy, for politicians to step forward with hot takes, to hit Twitter and to propose a law that's supposed to fix the situation even though more often than not, um, it actually leads to worse distortions down the line. I, I mentioned the baby formula situation, the reason we have a baby formula crisis, and there's none in Canada, and there's none in Mexico, and there's none in Europe, is because the government responded to earlier concerns about baby formula with very tough restrictions, which raise barriers to entry in the market and make it very difficult for new, new producers to enter the market or for imports to be brought in to relieve the shortage. So when government acts without thinking, and let's face it, politicians usually act mostly for the camera and for their, their core audience of voters and not for really addressing a given situation. When politicians act without thinking, they almost always make the situation worse. And it'd be much better if they if they did, as you propose, stand there and do nothing rather than react without thinking. Yeah. And uh, don't you think there's also an element there, too, I, as you were describing the, the baby formula process there? And I know there's hearings going on today about all of that. Uh, so often to me, it feels like it's the, the arsonist uh, firefighter <laughs> that they, they they started the fire, they caused the problem, and now they're going to rush in with some solution uh, to the fire, but it usually just pours gasoline on the fire. Oh, it absolutely does. And right now, I mean, we live in a country that is in, in horrendously polarized uh, in terms of partisanship and politics. And politicians make that worse when they reach deeper and deeper into our lives, the point where we cannot afford to lose 
each ensuing political battle. And that just hardens the sides because they see uh, not just people who disagree with them, but people they view as enemies taking over and using law to punish them in malicious ways. Uh, and sometimes politicians are very overt. I'm going to, you know, when I get in office, I'm going to punish those bad people um, over there when I, you know, when I'm able to uh, exercise the force of law. That's exactly what you don't want to do if you want to kind of calm the waters, put oil on the water. But if you're playing to a small audience of supporters, it's very effective for getting into office. But then it drives people into opposing corners. It deepens the divisions and makes things much, much worse, leading to further problems in the future. Uh, great insight. Uh, a great piece. We'll put that up on our social feeds today. Uh, again, it's J.D. Tuchili, who is the contributing editor at Reason Magazine. J.D., we appreciate you joining us on a very busy day uh, and so important for all of us to just restraint always works. Uh, motion versus movement, you know, sometimes we get so caught in the motion, it just turns to commotion uh, and we end up missing it all. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.